0: Hello everyone and welcome to Tops Talk, episode 13, and we thank you for listening in from whenever and wherever you are. I'm your host, Alex Bursch. We have an exciting episode in store for you this week as we enter the Doctor universe through one of its small but meaningful characters, Alonzo Frame, played by renowned character actor Russell Tovey. Accompanied by his French bulldog, Rocky, Russell stopped by to sign some autographs and discuss his experience being in such a franchise, as well as his many other career exploits. But before we get to Rocky and his lovable owner, we begin with discussing not the Doctor Who universe, but the Star Wars galaxy and the many products out right now that embrace it. Who better to talk Star Wars with than Mark von Olin, the Star Wars brand manager here at Tops? <laughs> Star Wars The Force Awakens Series 1 trading cards, Star Wars Galactic Connections Series 2, the trading discs, and, of course, my personal favorite, Star Wars High Tech, the collector cards. All of them came out on December 18th, the day the movie came out. I mean, the
1: galaxy took over this Earth, and it really has become quite a sensation. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's like nothing I've ever seen before, and I've been a geek forever, so it's been really fun to watch. Um, I personally loved the film, and while working on all these products, I knew a little bit going in, but uh, to see it all come together and everything was, uh, was really magical. Uh, and we wanted to make sure that for our fans uh, we had out products that they would really find interesting um, day and date so the the twelve eighteen timing was completely intentional. Uh, we had some things that we wouldn't be able to share beforehand and and wouldn't have made sense either. Uh, So the first product that you had mentioned was Force Awakens Series 1 trading cards. Um, There's 100 base cards that tell a good chunk of the film. It's about the first third um, and then gives you lots of character biographies on all the characters you're going to meet across the film, including some characters that were cut. Um, And then further uh, biographies on characters that you see in like the blink of an eye. So not to give too many spoilers, but there's a scene where like a whole bunch of people are killed very, very, very quickly, Um, and we have character bios on all of them. So you get all their backstory, and you can understand like who was eliminated in the blink of an eye.
0: (laughs) And that really separates Star Wars, I think, from every other movie or and, and an entertainment franchise, really, because of that incredible detail that is given to every single person and thing that is on screen.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the photography we have for these characters is beautiful as well. They took full high-res photography of every minor character and built a whole backstory for them. Um, so, if you've seen the film, you know, there's a whole scene in the castle where you meet all these crazy aliens running around. We know all their names, and we know all their stories, and we even know now who the voice actors who played them were, because the vocal map was just released this week. Um, and we'll have some of those people signing autographs for upcoming sets, which is very exciting. Yeah. So, talk about the
0: Real draw of not just Series 1 training cards, but the Series 2 of the Galactic Connections, and how Star Wars fans can really get a new feel of the way that they collect things that come from tops.
1: Yeah, we're so excited about these discs because it's a a totally different way to collect. You know, I think people know us for two-dimensional cardboard cards, right? Uh, These are 3D plastic discs, and they feature characters from across the entire saga. So while Force Awakens Series 1 is specifically tied to the movie, and it's got a lot of great content, um, I should mention, too, there's a costume piece in there. We actually got uh, a Stormtrooper armor piece, um, which we chopped up into about 2,500 pieces, which we're so excited about. Um, that's how we love to bring in those new and different things. Uh, for Galactic Connections, we wanted, to, we wanted to showcase the entire saga. So in Series 1, which came out on September 4th, um, it had uh, characters from the saga movies, the prequel movies, and a little bit from the animated series Clone Wars and Rebels. Um, this time around, again, uh, we're, we're covering that whole range and adding in some Force Awakens characters as well. Uh, so you'll see new pictures of Rey and Finn and BB-8 and all those guys.
0: And Mark, I know you're really excited about this uh, Galactic Connection Series 2, so go into
1: what are some really cool things that fans can chase. Yeah, so this year, um, or this wave, we added on um, two new items for people to collect within the series. Uh, there's a new ultra-rare purple lightsaber disc. Uh, so we've got a, a wide variety of discs to collect. So if you haven't collected them yet, there's a gray, a black, clear, um, a translucent red and green. There's a silver and a gold. And then there's some ultra-rare uh, limited print discs. And there's even a solid gold disc. Um, and those are in there as Redemption, so don't go into your local Walmart and start weighing the packs with like a digital scale or anything. Um, they're in as a, a regular disc with uh, writing on it, and you can, you can win a real 14-carat gold disc. Last time around, it was uh, Princess Leia in her Jabba prisoner outfit. Uh, this time around, we've chosen a different version of Leia where she's in her boosh disguise, um, which you know is her, uh, the disguise she wears in order to rescue Han Solo from Jabba the Hut. Uh, so we're really excited about the look of that one, and there's five uh, there's five of those discs out there for people to uh, find and win, and we'll mail it to your house in a very special box and everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure fans are going to be clamoring for that gold disc. Yep. I'm I'm clamoring for it. I know I can't get it. It's super cool, and we we brought her on the road. We brought Princess Leia with us to New York Comic Con, San Diego Comic Con um we plan on bringing her to more places how many um, armed guards i know, well, uh, funny enough it's me so um and of course i'm super nervous you know we were filming something from walmart.com and and i'm uh, holding the disc and i'm thinking my job is on the line if i lose this thing that's correct um, it's a beautiful disc uh, we've got our one for marketing that's locked away in my office uh, but the rest are all ready to, to go out to winners who find them
0: Hmm. maybe it's not so far-fetched i get my hands on this you yeah. did give away where it is yeah you'd have to break through that cabinet <laughs> (laughs) You (laughs) underestimate me, my friend. So why don't we go to another kind of um, look and dimension in a way to to collect Star Wars, and that's with Star Wars high-tech. High-tech is a very prominent brand of tops, and mainly because of the great patterns that are in high-tech and also because of the wonderful on-card signatures that come with it. Why don't you talk a
1: little bit about Star Wars high-tech? Yeah, so as we started thinking about what we wanted to have in our product assortment for 1218, we wanted to make sure there was something out there for every different consumer. So the Force Awakens Series 1 is um, a retelling of the film. It's got autographs. It's got costume pieces. Um, The Galactic Connections is kind of a a game for kids in a lot of ways. and and easy price point to get around and then for our what i'll say is our high-end collectors is where high-tech comes in so this is a plastic technology uh, with a lot of different patterns as you mentioned they're all foil patterns are gorgeous a lot of sequentially numbered patterns Um, a lot of short prints, and a large number of on-card autographs. This is our largest on-card autograph list we've ever done, Um, even bigger than the Masterwork set that we did earlier in 2015. Uh, We've got 55 signers, and they include um, all the people you would want in there, Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher. Um, This is where we got in John Boyega as his first auto. He's also in Force Awakens Series 1, I should mention um david prowse who's darth vader and we brought in a bunch of great first timers including george takei um who does a voice on the clone wars so if you're wondering like why is our star trek guy in here um he did make an appearance in clone wars in one episode so that, that's a deep cut I, right yeah there. that I, is a deep cut well you know what it is we know everyone loves george well yeah, yeah. any way that we can
0: get george takei into anything that exactly. we can do
1: is, i think is probably you know and play and we have a couple of awesome clone wars guest stars that are coming up later this year um and some uh, products that are coming out later um so we'll have more people to announce in the same territory as george decay um and then the rest of our new signers um uh, that we brought in we we're very excited about deep roy who plays yoda keisha castle huge brian blessed um the whole list is is really fantastic and they've all got uh various um sequentially numbered autographs to chase as well with all these fantastic different patterns. So we're so excited about those.
0: That sounds awesome, Mark, and I'm sure tons of people are going to be going after those cards and and this set. Top Star Wars The Force Awakens Series 1, Top Star Wars Galactic Connections Series 2, and, of course, Star Wars High Tech. They can all be found right now out in
1: stores. Mark, why don't you go into detail of where they can find them? Yep, so Force Awakens Series 1 trading cards are available in your local hobby shops, as well as mass retailers like Target, Walmart, um, places like that, Toys R Us. Uh, The Galactic Connection Series 2, and I should say Series 1, is still out there. Uh, They're available exclusively in Walmart and on Walmart.com. And then Star Wars High Tech is a hobby exclusive, so you'll find those in your local hobby shops. And Mark, why don't we finish off this discussion with what you are very
0: excited about, and that is Star Wars The Force Awakens Series 2 training cards, which are coming out in March of this year, very soon, and we'll have you back on in March to talk a little bit more in depth about them, but why
1: don't we give a nice sneak peek to the listener of what they can expect in this product. Yep, so Force Awakens Series 2 sort of picks up where Force Awakens Series 1 left off, uh, this time around, and you can you tell when we announce something as a Series 1, you know there's a sequel coming. Oh, uh, yeah. This one will actually tell the full story of the film. So we have frames from the opening of the film all the way to the end um, that basically tells the entire story straight through in 100 cards. Uh, We we love the images we've gotten. Um, The battles are fantastic. So these are a lot of pictures that people have not seen yet printed anywhere. Um, We've also got a much larger autograph list. So for Series 1, we were only permitted to use the principal cast. So you'll see I think we had eight or nine autograph signers. This time around, we have over a dozen new people coming in. Um, and I know I wanted to give you a little reveal here exclusively to the Tops Talk audience. Uh, one of our new signers is Greg Grunberg, and you might know him from Heroes. He played the cop on Heroes uh, Named Parkman. He plays Snap Wexley in the Force Awakens film, one of the fighter pilots. He's actually the one who scopes out uh, the Star Killer base to do the recon mission. Um, so he's prominently featured once we get to the Resistance base.
0: All right, Mark, I know this is
1: a tease. However, why don't we go a little bit into what the inserts will be in this product? Yep, so we're actually picking up some of the content that we did in Journey to The Force Awakens to bring it full circle and expanding upon it. So if you guys remember the Heroes of the Resistance and the Power of the First Order inserts that we did, they were basically character profiles of the, the leading characters from the opposing sides. This time we are building out those sets with all of the new characters that we met in the film. Uh, so last time around there wasn't a Heroes of the Resistance card for uh, Leia Organa. You know she just wasn't. We didn't have a photo of, of Carrie Fisher at the time, um, but she's in there along with Admiral Ackbar and a bunch of others. So we're expanding out some of those. We also have stickers and character posters and a whole bunch of other great content that you will be revealing very soon on the Facebook page. All of this is
0: fantastic to keep your eye on those out there who are listening. Be sure to check out all of the locations that Mark has mentioned, whether to get the releases that are out right now or to get your hands ready to get them on Star Wars The Force Awakens Series 2. He's known for his work in the history boys, HBO's Looking and BBC's Being Human. He's also Alonzo Frame in the Doctor Universe. Russell Toby, thank you so much for being here.
2: Thanks Alex, pleasure to be here.
0: And it's not just you.
2: Of course, no, it is. It's not me with a chest infection. This is my dog Rocky <laughs> who's on my lap. That's You've right. And that's we've just been I'm about to lift up the Sonic screwdriver <laughs> which is ah! Can you hear this? Yeah. He jumped on that. He jumped on that pretty quickly. He's destroying the screwdriver. My goodness.
0: Uh, well, Rocky, thank you very much for being here as well, and uh, you sound great. Um, so, so let's go. Uh, let's go right into um, your work with Doctor Who, which is the reason why you're here. Uh, obviously, not one of your major roles in your life, but it's definitely
2: pivotal it, role to it, it change is, things, yeah.
0: It definitely is, is a, big, uh, it's, it was a big step for you to be in such a huge project that yeah. is Doctor Who. What was that like, being
2: um, in such a big-named franchise? Well, it felt like being in Harry Potter for TV. It felt like when you're a guest actor in Doctor Who, you are entering into a world that is very established and very loved, and there is an incredible fan base. What I found just from doing Doctor Who and doing being human and doing Sherlock is that you'll become part of this this family of people really that absolutely are so devoted to these shows and it's an honour to be a part of it. I just basically auditioned for the role, got the part, was incredibly excited, then got told that Kylie Minogue was going to be in it so she was there at the read-through which was... he's sniffing around that screwdriver, you've got to leave that low, Rocky. <laughs> Which Kylie she, wasn't sniffing, that, that was right. Kylie wasn't sniffing around a solid <laughs> screwdriver. Um, <laughs> she might have been somewhere in the world. But she, so she was there to read through, and David Tennant, he was the one that sort of made Doctor Who feel in, incredibly important for that period when he was a Doctor. It really felt, I mean, it has since, obviously, but it really felt like that was when it captured the nation. Um, and so to have been part of his kind of legacy has been incredible and and on the back of Doctor Who I met Julie Gardner and she was exec producing Being Human and if I hadn't been in Doctor Who I probably wouldn't have had as big a shoe in the door for Being Human as I did so it, it sort of led on to the many other great things that have happened in my career could probably stemmed back from playing Alonzo Frame.
0: And so talk about Alonzo Frame and and
2: the mindset going into playing him um, well, the mindset going into playing him, he's uh, an innocent young cadet on the Titanic esque ship in Doctor Who. Uh, he feels like he's just going on a, the general mission, and then he realizes that the captain is on a suicide mission, and he has to stop that. And in the process, he gets shot, and he becomes the captain. He has to man up, and with the help of the doctor at the end, he rescues all these innocent civilians and the planet that they're about to go into uh, in the nick of time. He's he's about to go into Buckingham Palace isn't he? He's about to destroy (laughs) the Queen and the royal family so he's saved uh, the monarchy and everyone aboard the Titanic spaceship. Uh, I think going into it, um, I just wanted to make him real and you know base him, root him in an absolute truth and try and make this sci-fi world Something that's completely, uh, well, it just feels like recognizable for people watching the show that they can sort of feel the plight of this young man thrown into the deep end of this situation.
0: And talk about working with, uh, and, you, and expand upon working with uh, David Tennant and also Russell T Davies, mm. and that was his
2: last stroke of work with mm-hmm. that show. I mean, just the I mean, I loved Russell T Davies from being a kid. A, before Queer as Folk, which obviously changed, was a game-changer and was a huge televisual moment, and for a lot of gay people was a huge part of, like, it's definitely a part of my childhood, but Bob and Rose was a show that he wrote, which I don't know if you guys saw here, which had Alan Davis in and Leslie Sharp, a very British show, mm. but that was, for me, a bit of TV in Britain that really moved the needle forward. Uh And I was... I was very obsessed with that show. So meeting him was like a total honor. And to be a part of, again, this this legacy. The, the time I entered this show to play this character, the sh- it was on like the highest it could ever be. So it was incredibly exciting. And it was the sort of thing that people were like, what are you up to at the moment? it's like, oh, I'm doing the Christmas Doctor Who. There was a lot of very angry actor friends. Well, they <laughs> not angry, they were envious. They were probably not angry. Um, David. I mean, what a sweet guy. I knew him before he was a doctor from theatre, because he's a big theatre actor. Mm-hmm. I saw him in the Pillar Man at National Theatre. He was working there at the same time. He's a lovely man, and he was a huge... I think the best people that have become the Doctors have been the huge fans of Doctor Who itself, and it felt like he was, and I think he he had a determination in him to to be the Doctor, and to be on set with him, he's full of energy and he runs everywhere and everything was high octane and he's so devoted to the role and acknowledging the fan base. I mean the fan base on these shows I've said already is just magical and to know that you I think you like people like Russell is like the Midas touch. Like he can write something and it becomes folklore like this sonic screwdriver I mean I don't know I'll put that down sorry Rocky Uh, (laughs) his head immediately went up like you're about to throw that thing I don't know who came up with the concept of that but that came from someone's imagination that's become like a an iconic item of like history, like sci-fi history and then it becomes a toy and then it becomes like everything becomes a top card, you know, it's it's everything. And that's what's amazing about Rusty Davis that touch or and these writers is that they create a monster, a character, a costume, a prop, a weapon and it becomes something that's gonna outlive all of them. You know, that's what's so incredible about their brains and how much is entrusted in them and how much they are Iconized as being the Midas, you know, they're the ones that kind of create this world for everyone.
0: Yeah, and and to be a part of of that world, like you're saying, obviously, as you said, it was such a thrill. Yeah. Um, and but you were involved in two of these worlds, which you quickly mentioned before, the Sherlock world, mm. as you as you found yourself in one of the episodes mm. in season two. Mm. Um, the Hounds of Baskerville, which is an old tale, mm-hmm. an old tale um, and I mean what was that like jumping into another fan obsessed well world? at that
2: point, that show definitely had a fan obsession, but it went on to become a phenomenon which at that point it wasn 't it was just a very 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 successful show uh it didn 't have this worldwide fandom around it but that felt great. I mean, I, I love Benedict, I love Martin, and I've always have. so to work with them was great. And Stephen Moffat, to have him around, because he wasn't on my Doctor Who, but he is, again, another Doctor Who legend. Yes. So to work with him was the best, and I just, I've been very, very, very lucky, fortunate, that I was able to kind of have a bit of a, a triple threat when it comes to sci fi <laughs> Uh I've managed to kind of cover them bases. I yeah. never did a torchwood. I was all, there was always talk of me going into Torchwood. but mm. I sort of wish that had happened. Being a part of that uh, of
0: that universe or who universe, ju- just the, the fact that uh, that you could have your name kind of on the trophy uh, uh, mm. that this is is I'm, I'm sure incredible. But you have acted in multiple things mm. around that. One of which was on Broadway uh, and the History Boys. That's right. And what was that experience like?
2: And that was your first time on Broadway. Yes, yeah, ten years ago. Um, that was. I mean, looking back, when nostalgia, it was phenomenal. At the time, we were so spoiled. I suppose we'd come from London. It won all the awards. We got here. It won all the awards. We were quite like cocky, is the word I would use, but in a charming <laughs> way, in a very kind of like British charming white I was going to say white. you can be cocky as as a British man yeah. it'll come off just fine yeah so yeah yeah fine. so we, ha- we definitely had that under our hats um, for six months in the show that everybody loved and everyone was clambering to see uh, it was magic and like all of us boys were just we felt like pop stars walking around. It felt like the monkeys. Yeah, what was it like being uh, in New York City at that time? And I don't know if you were ever recognized or not. Yeah, but we were recognized all the time, especially if we went out en masse. It literally was mm. like a boy band, like the One Direction of Broadway <laughs> at that time. And it, yeah, to be a part of a show. But we, I mean, we were all so spoiled. And I remember Richard Griffiths said to us, who played Hector in the, the late Richard Griffiths, which yes. is sad, he said to us that this this rarely happens, so hang on to this. And I think at the time we were all like, yeah, all right, whatever. <laughs> and it doesn't you know it's been 10 years since that and I'm back now doing this play of you from the bridge on Broadway but there isn't shows it doesn't happen like that and we were definitely very spoiled and looking back it was it was an incredible I mean that was like my entry point into the the business really and for all of us we'd all worked before that but that really felt like that show crossed so many mediums because we did the film we did the radio play and we did it felt like the boardroom opened up and they sort of let us in and said, "Okay, you're part of the gang. You're an actor now. You're official." Yeah,
0: it was the it was an incredibly awarded show. It was yeah. the highest awarded show in fifty years. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> it won the most Tonys of any show from, from the previous fifty years. And um, and obviously, like you said, it went to to um, to the silver screen. And I mean, the the. Type of acting that goes into stage acting obviously yep. does not go directly to the, s- the screen. Um, no. What was that like doing your performance from obviously in front of live people
2: into I- then in front of a screen? Um, well, it was tough because it was a comedy. So, oh, that's Rocky drinking water in case you think that's <laughs> something else going on biological with me. You um, we know, we're used to hearing laughter coming from an audience and suddenly when you do it on film and you're sat there and you're you're doing these one liners where you're used to wall of noise and you're receiving nothing, it felt quite cold (laughs) filming it. But it was a very short shoot. We did it in six weeks. Wow. But that's because we all knew the characters so well Mm. and we'd already built up this rapport so you had to believe that these boys had been together in education for X amount of years. And I think you did. So and we all knew our lines so it was a it was a, a really special shoot. Very quick, and again we were all very cocky with it. We were all very <laughs> confident and f- knew what we were doing, really. What's he doing under there?
0: Is yeah, Rocky is there? now um, exploring the room that we're in right now. Yeah, yeah, that, that wouldn't that wouldn't be good. But would uh, be alright. Wires are replaceable. Rocky is not. No,
2: exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, and one of your. Um, one of your cast members uh, has gone on to do something completely different than I'm yeah, sure you ever know, thought he would do, know. seeing Mr. Corden go
2: on. Uh, what's that like, seeing him on late-night TV? I think he's amazing. I think he's in his comfort zone. I've never seen him as happy and confident and calm. I think yeah. he's it's absolutely, that is his, that's his groove you Mm. know he knows exactly what he's doing and he's doing an amazing job and it's the best feeling ever that you know when it was first all happening it was daunting because people could have not responded well to it but they've responded in such a positive way towards him that he's on a roll he's making magic them carpool karaoke's oh I watch every single one on Facebook when they do the rounds every new one they're just genius and for him that is completely natural that is him it thing. seems very authentic. It's completely authentic. That's yeah, and, and, him. and, and sat I mean, obviously with him a and voice. we've sung along to songs and oh, yeah. raps. He knows all the <laughs> raps to things. He's he that, that that is him. What you're seeing is him, and and it's mm. totally comfortable for him to be there. So it's it's lovely that that I think he feels like he's having the the best job in the world. Yeah, I'm sure you're very proud of him as yeah, well. I'm incredibly
0: proud just to see all that from and then thinking back. Uh, and Rocky seems very proud of him. as he yeah. well, started doing little barrel, barrel rolls. rolls. Yeah you have done some very great work especially in like you mentioned earlier being human. Yeah. How was that experience compared to let's say doing like a one-off where you know you had a character and then and that was it you did another project. But this was something that you dove head over
2: heels into yeah. and were in it for years. Yeah, yeah, 4 years and I did the original pilot and it was again an incredibly special show and I remember reading the pilot and being so transfixed and moved and fascinated by it, that I was determined to get it. So getting the role of George was a gift, totally. And we had the best time. We had the best time. The scripts were just superb. Toby Whithouse obviously is another Doctor Who legend that's uh, in the ranks. Um, Him being around all the time was just his imagination, his world, and playing that, playing the characters, and being with Lenora and Aidan, and the, what I loved about Doctor Who, uh, being human and Doctor Who. But what I loved about being human is the fact that it had the ability to move you, amuse you, and fascinate you at the same time. And especially my character was had the heart. So wow, you're really going for that, Rocky. <laughs> All right, we know you're there. We know he loves there. the show. He I know, loves I know, being. I know. Human I'm human about being human. He's yeah.
0: like. He's like, I'd like to be
2: human. (laughs) Yeah, you wanted to be in it. You know, like like George, the character I played, was like the comic relief, but yet he would turn it on his head, and you'd have it be so tragic because he was so desperately unhappy the fact that he was a werewolf. And it was all about it was about friendship, it was about family, it was about love, it was about humanity.
0: Yeah, about accepting
2: yourself. Yeah,
0: and Mm. and that is a that's a huge. Theme uh, in a lot of TV now yeah. uh, is is accepting not only who someone else is and their full colors, but yeah. accept, but accepting you and yeah. your full colors. And that show kind of inadvertently angled towards that theme. Obviously, it's a bit sci-fi, werewolves, yeah. vampires, and the like, but that theme is there, uh, which which you're familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, along with along with your time being human, you also did the show Looking. Yep on HBO with another Broadway staple of Jonathan Groff yeah how was that working with him and working for an HBO show well I mean HBO
2: is number one for me (laughs) it's up there so getting that was just the best feeling ever and I love working with Jonathan. He's become a very, very, very dear friend of mine. Yeah, when
0: I said the name Jonathan Groff, you, like,
2: immediately smiled. So. Yeah, no, he's so my that's, mate. So that's genuine, He's folks. my mate, and we shared, you know, <laughs> we've spent hours in bed naked together. <laughs> you know, it's like we've seen everything of each other. That's and, fair. And that, that bonds you, definitely. And I think the fact that we're both now doing shows on Broadway mm-hmm. he's in Hamilton at the yes, moment, he is. It, it's... It just feels like a nice little circle, really. Um, I, I'd love to work with him again. It was it was a very sad day when we found out we wouldn't be getting another mm. season, but we got the special, which will be say, coming out. The special be coming, coming out at some point soon. That's, and right. that's I read that and I cried my eyes out when I read that. A, for myself, but also for the characters, mm. for what for what they're gonna see and where the, the journey we've all been on. And that, that show was like a definite family show, uh, mm. filming in San Francisco and Everybody involved was so committed to it and proud of it, and I think for me it's one of the f- one of the few things that I can watch objectively, even though I'm in it as a fan. I watch that show and I really enjoy it and if i wasn't in it, I would be obsessed with it <laughs> i think uh I think it was a a special show and every time people find it and they talk to me about it i can I can talk about it for hours because people have so many opinions i I to go to the gym and after an episode people would come out to be an episode and they'd be like debating stuff about is Patrick right, or his choice is right. It's yeah, it's great. It was such a, a water cooler conversation piece uh that I feel like is um definitely a big part of um, my career so far. Mm. And uh, and so that that uh, that special
0: is going to be down the down the road in twenty sixteen you guys haven't filmed? Yeah. No anything? we filmed it, yeah, oh, we shot it, at, yeah. I had to go right.
2: It was, a th- it was like a three week shoot oh wow uh, it's like an hour and a half special and I they accumulated all my stuff into a day and a bit and I had to go after my Sunday matinee I flew to San Francisco wow zero sleep shot all day flew back did the show Damn. Tuesday night Feel, if, I know, you feel like a
0: you feel like a rock star or or a a very high touted businessman. Yeah, <laughs>
2: that's, that's what it's all about. I remember being younger as a kid and thinking, like, oh, I just want to be busy all the time, right. and that definitely felt like okay, this is a bit too busy. <laughs> but yeah. it was you feel like you feel like tenant running around every exactly. Yeah, yeah, high octane. Thing. Yeah, yeah, sprinting. Yeah, no, so, it was so it was amazing. Exciting. I was able to do the play and and finish off looking
0: that's great um and once again just to plug the play "A View from the bridge arthur miller's classic yeah um just i mean it's gotten great reviews Mm -hmm. and uh and i hope that you've enjoyed playing the character it's been the best it's been the best before we leave you we're going to do something different which is a trivia challenge In honor of Russell's visit, we're giving away a 2015 Doctor Who trading card box to one fan who answers the following Doctor Who trivia question correctly. What is River Song's real name, and who are her parents? To answer the trivia question, follow us on Twitter at Topstalk and tweet your answer with the hashtag Topstalk. You have until midnight on February 22nd to answer the question, which enters you into the contest. Good luck, everybody. Thanks for listening to Top's Talk, and we hope you hear us again soon. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher, and you can follow us on Twitter at Top's Talk. If you have any questions or comments, or you want to tell your collecting story on a future episode, send us an email at topstalk at tops.com. Special thanks goes out to Clay Laraski and Leanne Minutoli, Mark Von Olin, and Russell Tovey. Be sure to tune in next week to episode 14, as we get an inside look at this year's Topps Baseball Series 1. This has been Episode 13 of Topps Talk.